Celtics Talk Podcast is presented by 24autogroup.com, 11 locations across New England. What's up, everybody? It's the Post Game Pod coming to you after the Celtics take down the Brooklyn Nets 109-98, their fifth straight win. Celtics now may have a three-game lead on Brooklyn atop the Eastern Conference, three and a half on Milwaukee. Joe Mazzulla and the Celtics coaching staff hope they uh, keep a bag packed because it looks like they'll be heading to Utah if the Celtics keep up this uh, torrid pace through the end of January. But right now, coming up, we got Abby checking in with Malcolm Brogdon after this game. Marcus Smart tells you about uh, maybe screaming at his telephone and his poor fiance while missing a couple games. Uh, and Eddie's going to tell you about what a big night Peyton Pritchard had. And that's kind of where I want to start, too, because uh, first off, like, let's let, let's start with the base level here. Celtics, second night of a back-to-back. No Al Horford, who obviously sits out every second night of a back-to-back. No Jalen Brown, could be out as much as two weeks. We get into that a little bit. You got a tired Jason Tatum, or at least it looked like those double teams were wearing him down. And the Celtics lean heavy on their depth. Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, giving them a spark. Derek White continues to be good even in a starter role. And rolling with some crazy lineups, they find a way to sort of trade punches for a while with with the Nets and then accelerate away in the uh, fourth quarter. And it was the start of that fourth that I will uh, that I'll be fixated on. Here's their lineup to start that quarter: Peyton Pritchard, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams, Luke Cornett. So if you're scoring at home. Three point guards, a undersized forward, and Luke Cornett, who you know unicorn. And based on what he did tonight, he was he was he was exceptional. Uh, but quite this quite the spread of, of of players on the floor. It will not surprise you to know that that group had played zero minutes together this season. The Celtics had not trotted out a. a we talk about double big all the time. They, they have not trot, trotted out the triple small lineup uh, yet this season. And yet, in a key spot where they, without Jason Tatum on the floor, were maybe a little bit vulnerable, the Celtics got inspired play. Peyton Pritchard twice driving hard to the basket for buckets. Everybody chipping in at some point. Brogdon having a good stretch. Luke Cordett uh, should have been called for goaltending at one point. Still got the reverse tip. Um, Grant was great driving at the basket. He's been exceptional around the rim. And Derek White doing all the Derek White things. The most notably the block at the, at the rim uh, leads the league uh, among guards in blocks this season. Leads the Celtics in blocks this season, and he just continues to be exceptional. So Celtics really a, a night where they show off their depth. And the bench had obviously slumped from pretty much the Golden State game for a good month into January, but it's really kind of pulled it together lately. We heard the story about down in Dallas and kind of Joe Mazzulla challenging them. Uh, you know, saying that that Jalen and Jason were doing their thing, but they need more from the bench. And I don't know if he's really challenging, but it was more like stating the obvious based on the way they played. But probably good for for those guys to have to face the music a little bit. And how would they respond? And they've been much better in this little stretch. I actually asked Malcolm Brogdon last night in the locker room. I said, you know, what's been different after after that slump? And you know, when you win, you feel a little bit better. The bench looks a little bit better. Uh, but on this night, they really needed that depth and, you know, credit because one of the, the most common things, I, you know, I think when Celtics fans, when you're winning and Jason and Jalen are being so good and Rob's back, the question has really been from from people, 
tends to focus on the upcoming trade deadline, maybe the roster going into the home stretch. And so I'll admit, like, even I'd started thinking if they're just not going to play Peyton Pritchard, do you have to think a little bit harder about whether you'd be willing to include him in any move to sort of bolster your roster if you felt like there was another position of of greater need? And now it's difficult because he doesn't his contract's so low and uh, he hasn't had a chance to really assert himself this year, uh, but gets a chance on this night and the, the kind of mimicking what we've seen uh, at the start of the year, that Oklahoma City game where he came in and gave him a spark, uh, really just kind of injected much-needed energy to to help get this thing going and, and get the Celtics to the finish line of a win. Now, he had had some rough n- nights in here. He hasn't been perfect out there. It, uh, looked like maybe he was a little discouraged through, uh, you know, those that I'd say into early January, but really good for Peyton to, uh, to kind of hang in there and trust that he would be needed and uh, and came up with some some important plays. Not only just with the scoring tonight, but every time he's out there, he's, he, he seems to be the best offensive rebounder on the court, which is crazy because Rob was out there for a couple minutes with him. And uh, it was almost like a cheat code for the Celtics to have that much offensive rebounding talent on the basketball court. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think this, is, this sort of hammers home again why, if the Celtics elect to just sort of ride it out and keep Peyton Pritchard, uh, through the trade deadline, he, he, there's going to be spots for him, and there's going to be injuries, and there's going to be nights where, I mean, Marcus Smart came back from injury and was spitting blood on the court at one point from diving. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has missed time. There's going to be opportunities here for Peyton to, to 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 inject some energy into this team. And if he plays like this, it's worth keeping him around for depth. And then I go to Luke. So the big question was, you know, Rob's, Rob's back, not a lot of minutes for backup bigs, and yet, with especially in the instances like this with the back-to-back, there's a chance for uh, Luke to play. And he was in there early. Like, I think seven and a half minutes left in the first quarter, uh, he got a call. And the, the Celtics start both the Williams and, you know, have to go to Luke pretty early. And he uh, he had a, a little sky hook, a cream like the Someone had a great tweet, like Kareem Cornette, like the little sky hook to, to, to make it. And then uh, hits a three right after that. And he just felt <clears throat> he was rolling. And so I think there's going to be nights like that. There's going to be nights where there's not, where it's a, for whatever reason, it's a bad matchup. And, and Luke looks, uh, you know, a little slow out there or can't defend in uh, certain actions. And, uh, but this, this one was good for him uh, and able to, to give him a joke. I thought this might be a Blake Griffin night uh, with, with Al out, but there was no need. The, the, uh, Cornette held the fort. And so it kind of shows, again, when Luke Cornette has played fairly consistent minutes, and these last few games, he's gotten an opportunity. He's typically been uh, above-average replacement player. And so, you know, you, you, you feel good that you're not going to have to lean on him too much, at least in key situations. But if you have to find pockets of rest for Al and for Rob along the way, and if you have to just it, just manage them overall, it's, it's a luxury to be able to lean on that third center. And I, I, it was fair to wonder, do they need someone else? Do they need to explore what's out there and add someone at the trade deadline? I think watching Luke play like this makes me feel a little bit more confident that whether it's the buyout market and, you know, examining that a little bit more thoroughly. And you can go through the list. You can do the TPE deals. You can look at who's available for the disabled player exemption for trades. It's just, you know, it might come down to if someone ends up on the buyout scrap heap, it's a lot less risky. You don't have to give anything up. You maintain your chemistry. and uh, But it all boils down to Peyton and, and Cornette got to play like they did. And really cool to see them do it on this night 
a night where, uh, you know, you're going up against the second best team in the Eastern Conference, a little bit of a statement game, and they find a way to, to help them while they're shorthanded. Now, as I choke my water, uh, quick quick thought here on, on Jalen Brown being out. Uh, you know, tough timing for Jalen. I thought he was playing some of his best basketball. Obviously, that 41-point game the other night, he was awesome. Uh, I wrote about it on the website. I mean, he's just been driving to the basket with like he's on a mission and nothing really deters him. And he was steamrolling towards all the things, all-star. And, you know, he certainly started thinking about all-NBA. Um, you know, he's got to stay healthy to get there. And while this might just be whether he maybe just sits out the weekend and we you look at it next week, um, especially with that Golden State game, uh, or if he if he rests further and this becomes a more of a two week thing, uh, you know you don't want to see that that game total get diminished too much. Um, but again, I think the bigger issue here is just it's going to put Tatum a little bit more in the spotlight. Sorry tonight, Brooklyn put a lot of pressure on him, forced the other guys around him to to beat the uh, to beat the Nets, and uh, they did. Will they be able to do that every night? I don't know. Uh, Celtics head down to Charlotte now, a little double dip. Those are always tough because going up against the same team, uh, Celtics going to really have to stay locked in, and they're going to have to get a lot out of that support uh, supporting cast uh, to, to to sort of weather it. I mean, I'm interested. Like, I think Tatum's going to have a, a big game in one of the in, in in one of these days. You know, maybe be back in North Carolina and the Duke thing. You know, maybe that inspires him a little bit. Um, but I, so there's going to be nights where he goes, he goes off, but there will probably also be a, a couple nights in here where, you know, there's a lot of attention on him and how does he respond to that? So just something to keep an eye on. Uh, here's hoping that the, the Jalen Brown groin injury doesn't keep him out too long. Cause I just think Jalen was playing at a really high level and you want to see this thing fall and, and how it looks. Love that Rob got almost 30 minutes in this game against the Nets. Uh, bigger and better coming when Rob can play that sort of, uh, uh of workload. Uh, and not be limited to the to the 22 minutes that he had been kind of under through the the first infancy of of his return. All right, I'm gonna let everybody else scream about this game. Here's the rest of our post game coverage. Eddie House, Amina Smith here with you. The Celtics beat the Brooklyn Nets 109-98. Both of these squads came into this matchup shorthanded. No Jalen Brown, no Al Horford for the Celtics. However, Eddie, what did Boston put on display? I think it was it was about the bench. And he was talking about a little bit in the second half. I think T.J. Warren had outplayed our guys in the first half. And so did Seth Curry. But I think in the second half, especially at the start of that fourth, fourth quarter with that lineup of Brogdon, Pritchard, Cornette, White, and Grant Williams, I think they changed the intensity. They changed the way that everything was going for the Celtics. And they kind of pushed it out a little bit. And once that got going and everybody else followed suit and, you know, played well. But I think it was that group. I want to take my hat, tip my cap to those guys because some of those guys don't get big minutes. You know, Peyton Pritchard doesn't get huge minutes. He was big out there with nine points and had two big offensive rebounds in a possession right there that was big in in, in particular time at that particular time. And uh, Cornette coming out there and playing well, too. So you have to tip your cap off, tip your cap off to guys that are staying ready. And so they don't have to get ready and being pro- true professionals. Celtics went on a 12 to 2 run in the fourth quarter. That was started by Malcolm Brogdon. Eddie, how did Brogdon just jumpstart the Celtics really running away with this matchup? Well, I think if you look at, we're looking at this clip right now, it was all about attacking the paint and getting inside, which was one of my keys. 
live inside the paint. They don't have too many shot blockers. Claxton is a shot blocker. When he's not out on the court, they don't have one. So you must attack the paint and put pressure on the rim. And they did that. And it wasn't necessarily always with the drive. Sometimes they pulled up and then sometimes they kicked it back out. But they did not settle for just taking jump shots. They made sure they attacked all night. And especially in that fourth quarter, especially that group in the fourth quarter, I think they – they, they kind of, uh, some of them take it personal. I think Peyton Pritchard takes it personal. He mm-hmm. feels like he should be out there a lot, and he should. And he should feel like that. And that's where you separate yourself with your second unit. You got guys that feel like they should be out there. They work hard. And then you, you reap the benefits of your hard work, and it showed tonight. But it was just attacking and getting downhill. You made a really good point about Peyton Pritchard because I saw him in that third and fourth quarter when he got his opportunity. He was out there playing fast, driving in the paint. He was shooting over defenders. What did Peyton Pritchard prove in this game? That he there's a guy you could depend on, right? That's a guy that you can depend on when it comes down to anything. God, God forbid anything was to happen to anybody, right? Nobody wants any of that, but there's somebody that you could depend on. It's Or if somebody gets in foul trouble, you know, it's so many different variables and different things that happen. Sometimes the energy needs to change. What you got out there right now is not working. Team is a little flat. You inject him into the lineup. He's going to bring energy. He works hard. You heard Malcolm Brogdon say it. He works his tail off all the time. And, I mean, when I went and did the, the, the one-on-one with Sam Hauser, he was over there working by himself, working on his game. Now, a lot of guys that don't get minutes can just come to practice, show up, and then get up out of there. They know that they don't have it. They're not in the rotation. They're, oh, I'm not going to get any minutes. I'm just going to get up out of there. I'm going I'm to do my quick little work, and then I'm going to get out of here. But, no, he stay, He comes early. He stays late. And that's how you reap the benefits of your hard work. When your number is called, we always say that, you know, you got to you stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. And he stays ready. Derek Wright, usually a part of that second unit, had 15 points and seven rebounds in this game. He was in the starting lineup, but Derek White was making plenty of of key plays throughout this game. What was the best thing that Derek White was able to do tonight? Well, he knocked down shots early, you know, and and that was the big thing. But then when it when it wasn't him getting shots he was playing defense Mm. you know but early on he knocked down shots he had 12 points a half he's finished with 15 so he hit that one corner three to giving getting the 15 but his defense his energy his effort his playmaking ability him being there for his teammates making the right play being a smart basketball player understanding that it's different ways to help a team win so when i'm looking at what Derek white did tonight he could have been a guy that was like, man, I'm rocking and rolling. I got it going. I need to get more shots. I need to force more shots because I need to get to 20 or I need to get to try to get to 25 because Jalen Brown, he didn't do any of that. He just played basketball like a well-coached player does. I'm going to take whatever the defense gives me. If it's a shot, if it's a shot, if not, I'm going to get back on the defensive end and I'm going to get a block shot. I'm going to get a strip. I'm going to take try to take a charge. I'm going to do whatever it takes to try to get a W for this team. Let's bring in Scal right now, who's live from the Barclays Center. And Scal, I know you said in the pregame show that this Nets team, that they kind of got lucky with the schedule, but they went toe-to-toe with the Celtics of the best record in the NBA. What was your biggest takeaway after tonight? From a Nets standpoint or a Celtics standpoint, Amina? Whichever one you want to start with. Whatever is your biggest takeaway? Um, My biggest takeaway is, like, the Celtics, they have 10, 15, 20 different ways 
they can win a game. They can pace a game. They can speed up a game. They can beat you with skill. They can beat you with shooting. Today, they picked apart the net defense. When they were at their best, they were pacing it, getting to the paint, kicking it, getting to the paint, moving it. But I thought Eddie was spot on, you know, highlighting Derek White right off the jump. He just let the game come to him. His defense, so not only – and I said this at the beginning. I said – Kyrie Irving's a stud. We, we already know that. But we have Marcus Smart that can guard him, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon. You had Peyton Pritchard a little bit. You had Jason Tatum. You had a lot of different guys that you could throw at him. And I don't think anybody was better defensively than Derek White was moving those puppies on a guy like Kyrie Irving. So great team effort today. Love the way that they played basketball the right way. Scal, it really looked at that second unit for the Celtics. They really stepped up in this matchup without Jalen Brown, the Celtics' other all star being out there on the floor. Just what did you see out of that second unit and how they made up for no Jalen Brown? It was the first three minutes of that fourth quarter. A lot of games are won and lost in the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. And they came out attacking. They, when Jason Tatum is on the floor, you could play a different way. You know they're going to send two guys to him. They sent two guys to him 17 feet away from the basket. But without him, what do you do with a team that overplays you, that gets into your airspace? You just drive them. And that's what that second unit did. That momentum right there carried through for the rest of the fourth quarter. So a lot of people look at the last four minutes of a game. The first three minutes of the fourth quarter, this game was won, and that was by the second unit. Abby Chin is with Malcolm Brogdon after this win. Malcolm, what was said amongst yourself and that reserve group heading into the fourth quarter? You guys opened on an 8-2 run and took control of this game. Uh, we just wanted to play faster offensively, you know, get stops, which we were able to do, and then really push the pace and get out and get easy buckets. How important is pace to this offense, and how do you facilitate that? It's extremely important. I think we, uh, when we come out and we play slow, we struggle on both ends of the ball. Um, so playing faster it really dictates the entire game for us. Back-to-back, big game for Luke Cornett and then Peyton Pritchard tonight as well. How much joy do you take seeing those guys make the most of their opportunities? A lot, a lot. Those guys work extremely hard, um, extremely diligent, extremely patient for their opportunity. Um, so to see it pay off and to, especially Peyton, man, he works extremely hard. To see him get an opportunity and take advantage of it, man, I think we're all really happy for him. How tough was this one? Second night of a back-to-back, -back, that defense was physical up to touch all night long. Really tough. Uh, that's a really good team over there, man. They're, they're competing for a championship as well they were down a few guys like us but they competed hard and made it tough on us does a win like this send a message the number two team in the east with how well they've been playing lately yeah you know i think it does um it, it was really two great teams tonight that's what joe kept repeating in the locker room but at the end of the day it's just one win we got to finish off the road trip in charlotte with two wins so that's that's the goal congratulations malcolm thank you thank you you just love the way that, like I said, the next guy can step up. Like you just mentioned, Peyton and Malcolm coming in. And to be honest, those two in that group uh, with Sam and, and those two in really changed the game for us. Um, you know, they, they got us on a rhythm. They got a momentum back for us. And, you know, we're proud of those guys. And, you know, each and every day we try to get those guys their flowers because we understand that, you know, they don't get it as much, but they do a lot of the things that help this team win and go in there. It's been incredible, you know, and I think that's why when he gets this opportunity, he does it so well because he is so professional and, you know, he does all the right things to stay ready. And when his number's called, he gets in there and do what he's supposed to do. So, you know, that's Peyton, you know, um, 
Peyton is a very professional guy. He comes in every day and he works like, you know, he's a rookie. And when you got a guy like that, his time's going to come. What's it like playing alongside Derek? Oh, it's great. Derek, he don't really say too much, but, you know, it's okay because I talk more. So it kind of balances out. But, no, nah, Dwight's, Dwight's fun, you know. Um, just his ability to be able as a guard to, to, to play the defense he does and block the shots he does, especially when he seems to be beat and just recover. So he makes my job a lot easier because, you know, majority of the time I'm guarding the team's best player and it's me. And, you know, he comes in and is able to just switch off and give me a break and, uh, you know, still be able to hold his own. So I love playing with Derek. Do you think defensively together – you, you give a lot of teams headaches. Like, is that something? Oh yeah, I definitely think so. You know, because you got to deal with me, and then you got to deal with him right after that, or vice versa. So, you know, we constantly keep teams on their on their toes, um, and we make everything tough for them. At least we try to, and that's all you can ask for from a guy like D. White and me. Just go out there and try to make everything as tough, and, and you know, our offense is going to come. So we're not too worried about that. We got great, great players, great coaching staff that puts us in the right position to win. We just got to go out there and do it. So, you know, for us two to be able to be on the court at the same time doing what we do, um, I definitely think we give a lot of teams some some, some headaches. What's the thoughts you've got about the way you guys sort of took control of the game in the fourth quarter, pulled away? Um, I think just we continue to play the right way the, um, the whole game and uh, until we kind of like uh, ran away with it, you know, and I give a lot of credit to the second unit. That you know, in the second quarter, um, and to start the fourth quarter, you know, from Luke, Sam, Malcolm, Peyton, the way they, those guys came in, uh, you know, they're the reason we won tonight. Jason, you talked about Wes and Juwan in the finals playing the Warriors. How much of the way the Nets played you tonight defensively remind you of that? What are some ways you kind of counteracted them throwing multiple bodies in the game? Uh, just continue to move, create space, move without the ball, set screens. You know, if I had an ISO, they would send an extra one, you know, blitzing the ball screen. Um, so just things that we are aware of going into games and things that, uh, you know, just make the right read. I draw two, drag them up, find open man, play four and three, um, pass up a good shot for a great shot. Uh, no, that's something Joe was, you know, uh, kind of implemented to start the season, you know, that when things aren't necessarily going right, you know, traditionally in the NBA, guys going to 8-0 run, 10-2 run, you look to the bench, they're going to call a timeout. And Joe would look at us and be like, no, like, keep playing. Um, and I think at first it, it, it was an adjustment, um, but uh, – you know, damn near surprised when he does call a timeout. You guys have a, a lot of players that could play more minutes, that could play, get more touches on a different team. What goes into um, everybody kind of staying on the same page, and how much do you value that and as somebody who doesn't necessarily have to make all those sacrifices but benefits from it? Yeah, uh, I think it's just, you know, everybody has to sacrifice to be on a great team. Uh, and, you know, everybody, we have individual guys that come off the bench that could start on the majority of the teams. We got guys that start that could, you know, average more on another team. 
but any, anybody will tell you how much fun and rewarding it was last year in the playoffs uh, to keep advancing, to keep winning, uh, to, to make it to the finals. And, you know, no individual, you know, stat or accolade, you know, can measure up to, you know, being on a winning team that's having fun. It's nothing better than that. I think 90 seconds into the fourth quarter, Joe was going to put you back in, uh, and you kind of were headed to the bench, or sorry, headed to the score table, but then the, the second unit made a run and kind of kept you out for a while. What's that like to watch the second unit to where they don't, you know, like you don't kind of want, maybe want to mess with their flow and, and just to flourish when, when, when you're off the floor? Uh, I mean, I was ecstatic, ecstatic for those guys, right? You know, the way. Peyton came in and, and contributed the way Luke did, Malcolm. Uh, and that's big. That just shows, you know, how good of a team that we are. Uh, that, you know, those guys can keep a lead and, and extend a lead, you know, while necessarily starters are out of the game. Uh, and we're going to need that, you know, as we uh, continue uh, down the season.